Hello, and welcome to the Curious Wanderer Bible Study. Today, we're going to be looking into Genesis 12 and 13, which to me speaks a lot of how God wants us to pursue big goals. Um, there's a lot of really cool things in here that help us understand how we're supposed to go about that. So, Genesis 12 starts with the call of Abram. So, reading from the NIV, uh, verse 1, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So, it's really interesting how this starts. Um, so, there's a big goal, namely... God wants Abram to become the root of this great nation. It's a huge goal. And so how does it start? It starts by God talking to Abram, which means Abram has to be listening and be paying attention to what God's telling him to do. Um, so that was verses 1 through 3. Uh, verse 4 then immediately goes, so, this is the NIV, so Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Remember, he was living in Haran at the time. Uh, so, what do we learn about big goals? Well, the first thing is that we have to be aware that they're out there that we have to do. Um, Abram had to be paying attention to what God told him. He had to be mindful. And so, he was... And when he heard the call, he responded. That's the pattern for us. When we see a big goal that needs to be done, we need to respond. So that's the first two things. Be listening. And when God calls, respond. So just in the first four verses, we can get that much through there. Um, as we go, we see something interesting happen. So Abram travels and he tries to get to the land Canaan where he's going, where God wants him to go. Um, and we see the next lesson very quickly. Um, now, starting in verse 10. Now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. So the land that God had promised to Abram had a famine in it. Well, rather than Abram saying, okay, fine back with it. I'm just going to stay here anyway. Um, because God said, this is my place. God did say that was going to be his place and the place for his descendants, but he didn't say right then. Abram had patience and realized he needed to adjust his thinking. And so he went from Canaan down to Egypt to stay and to be with those, um, to be in a place where there was food and there was plenty to be had. Um, so the third lesson we learn is we need to be flexible in our plans. When a big goal comes up, we're not going to make it immediately. If we did, it wouldn't be a big goal. It would be something simple. So when we get a big goal, we need to be flexible as we try to reach it. Don't forget the goal, but we need flexibility and patience. Now, the next thing that happens is weird. So... I'm just going to read the verse first. So, starting picking up in verse 11, where we left off, 
As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Then they'll kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. So, later on, in verse 20, we find out that Sarai is indeed his half-sister through his father, but not sharing the same mother. He doesn't lie here, but it feels, on the first reading or two of this, it feels really weird. And he's, as we find out in the next few verses, Pharaoh takes Sarai as his wife to be in, um, in, her, in his palace. So he's giving up his wife in order to survive, which feels really weird to me. But it winds up working out really well for him. Pharaoh likes his wife. And we read, um, continuing on in verse 14, When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake, and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. So it works out really well, except he's lost his wife, which feels really cowardly to me. Um, shrewd, but cowardly. Um, but maybe it was the only way to survive? Um, in some commentaries, I've seen people say he didn't trust to God enough in this for God to keep him safe. I, maybe that's the case. It was very shrewd and it worked out to his advantage. We see continuing on, um, starting in verse 17, but the Lord afflicted, inflicted serious disease on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So that I took her to be my wife. Now then here is your wife, take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. So he gets his wife back. He's much richer for it. Apparently the famine's over now, so he's able to go back. Um, so things worked out, and certainly God was needed. In verse 17 we see, but the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife Sarai. So God stopped this plan and helped it work out for the better. Um, so one way we can see this is sometimes we take too much control ourselves in a situation and we need to let God take over um, to give God reign to make it work out right. Another subtle thing in here, though, is really it sometimes it's you have to hold your cards a little close to your vest when you're trying to make a big goal. Um, Abram doesn't lie in this. He tells that Sarai is his, ha his sister, which she is, but he certainly commits a, a sin of omission. He omits the very important fact that she's also his wife. Um, but it shrewdly works out for his benefit. Um, it's a tough passage to try and make it through for me, at least to try and understand what it's saying. Um, what to take from it. But one of the things I can take from it is when you have a big plan, sometimes you have to be a little more subtle in your dealings with people. Never lie. That's not what the Bible is saying. But sometimes it's necessary to deal with people subtly. 
Jesus in the New Testament tells people not to say who he is over and over again after he's healed people. Um, he's not telling them to lie, but he is saying we need to hold information. Sometimes we need to hold information close to our vest in order to make the situation work out in the best way we can. And it's a very subtle and difficult problem there. Um, continuing on in verse in chapter 13, we hear about Abram and Lot separating. So Lot has been with Abram this whole time. It's his nephew. And they both do really well um, for themselves. Um, so picking up in verse 5, we hear, Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support both of them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So the stage has been set. There is conflict between these relatives who should be close to each other. Um, their success, which is moving towards the big goal that God has for Abram of this land being his land, this success is needs management. And there needs to be an adjustment of the plan. I'm sure Abram was thinking Lot will hang out with me the whole time as I'm doing this. But he sees there's a problem and he brings Lot to the side and deals with it. So continuing in verse 8, So Abram said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. So interesting how... Abram handles this. He doesn't just say, let's split up, I'll go here, you go there. He doesn't take complete control of the situation and dictate. He explains to Lot the problem that they have um, in reaching this big goal of becoming this great nation, that they have both had great success, and now they're butting heads, <clears throat> or their people are. And he says, well, let's split up, but you choose the way, Lot. You choose which side you want to go to. Um, which gives us a pattern for how we deal with our big goals as we make progress to it. And sometimes we have to break company with people in order to make further progress. Anytime you get into a situation like this, explain it to the other person and then give them the choice of how to proceed with this. Tell them what's acceptable to you, but make sure they have choice as well in the situation. Um, people don't want to be dictated to. Nobody does. But people want to be, have help in seeing there's a problem and agency in choosing how to solve it. Um, and then we finally see towards the end here, and starting in verse 14, um, after Lot separates, um, the Lord says to Abram, Look around for where, from where you are, to the north and the south, to the east and the west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So, a restatement of the promise. And then verse 18, the last verse. So Abram went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he pitched his tent. There he built an altar to the Lord. So, we end this teaching where we began. Listen to God. Try to give God space to tell you what he needs you to do. 
And then whenever you have success, give thanks to God. That's what Abram is doing here. After the choice has been made for Lot and Abram to split, and the the big goal is restated, and progress has been made, he gives thanks to God, he builds an altar. And so throughout these two chapters, we can see the pattern of how to address and strive towards big goals in our lives. First, listen to God to find the goal and the nuances of it that you need. Second, be willing to take action as soon as you hear what you need to do, much as Abram did. Third, be willing to make adjustments, like Abram was in Canaan and then had to leave because of famine. You have to be willing to make adjustments and see them as necessary towards the overall big goal. And then whenever you have success, you need to learn how to deal with the success like Abram and Lot did and the challenges that success brings to you. Involve other people in your choices. Help them help you decide where you need to go next. And then lastly, give thanks to God for the success that you've had. Build an altar as Abram did, figuratively. Um, Okay. Thank you for your time and see you next time.